The Vietnam War was the dark shadow that hung over much of the 60s. America's involvement began under the radar, but as the decade wore on, the demand for fresh troops meant one thing, the draft. President Johnson explains the reason for his actions in these historic words. I have today ordered to Vietnam the Air Mobile Division and certain other forces which will raise our fighting strength from 75,000 to 125,000 men almost immediately. Additional forces will be needed later and they will be sent as requested. This will make it necessary to increase our active fighting forces by raising the monthly draft call from 17,000 over a period of time to 35,000. Lots of guys did creative things to dodge the draft. They binged on sugar to fake diabetes. Some tried to convince doctors at the induction center they were crazy or that they were gay. Thousands more escaped to Canada, where they couldn't be extradited. If you were around in the 60s, you probably remember stories like that. Here's one you haven't heard. We know a guy who was drafted, but lucked into a, let's say, unique way to avoid going to Vietnam. All because of an agreement. Vietnam because I love America. From carriers and land bases, 49 jets struck back at staging areas just across the border in North Vietnam. This is a time of deep seriousness for your country. All we are I think life is very complex. I'd gone to art school, so I had, you get what, a four-year deferment. That four-year was about up. So I volunteered for the draft. So I go in and do my basic training. I got sent over to um, Alabama. Did something with stacking boxes and ammunition was my MOS, which I don't remember. But the thing that was interesting was when I got over there, I got assigned to a group that had mostly officers. There was a bird colonel, major, captains, lieutenants, and maybe two or three enlisted men. But the major was married, and he had a girlfriend who I think was barely out of high school or thereabouts early 20s. I think I was 22 or 23, I had a car. I was engaged. And the deal was, you know, like when the military, you always had guard duty and you had extra duties. You had formations and you might be pulled for things on the weekend. Well, he made me an offer because the deal would be, I would pick his mistress up and go by and be her date. And then I would take her to the movies or I'd take her to the mall or take her other places. You can fill in the blanks. And I didn't pull any guard duty. He could keep me out of Vietnam as long as my name didn't come down. I don't remember having any work to do of value other than that. I was off every weekend, never had guard duty, never had to do anything on the base, nothing. I mean, it was great. I mean, my, my, the lady I was engaged to had a fit. She thought I was, it was terrible. I said, well, it's, you know, I could come home every weekend because of that deal of picking up his girlfriend. He was with his family, 
on the weekend, and I had the, the deal was I had the weekend off, so he would be with his family during the week. If she got bored and he couldn't necessarily get away, but I would take her maybe out and go get dinner, and that's what I would be doing. That was my, my job, my MOS. <laughs> sometimes it would be several hours, sometimes it would just pick her up and take her someplace. I can remember being at work, and I'd have to go in his office, and I would have to leave to go pick her up. I mean, she would get bored and call him for me to come. Because it, it, was, it was very tenuous because she wanted to have an affair. And I thought that's just, that'd be just stupidity to sit there and think you're going to have an affair with the thing that kept you out of Vietnam. I don't know, there's a certain sense of loyalty I have. I mean, commitment. That was our agreement, and I felt like I needed to. I mean, she would come home to me. I mean, you'd be in a, you'd be in a motel. And it was like getting out the door. It was a hell of a temptation. She was an attractive woman. I mean, I, I remember meeting her father. I remember he would go to the door and shake hands. All you know, like. I was her date. I was the date, and I was the right age. She ever had a hold on him. He could have been going through midlife crisis. I don't know. I never knew his background. He was always up and up with me, and that's all I really, and that's I cared about. But I mean, the whole story was distorted to start with. I mean, it's like looking through a prism. It was always, the whole thing is distorted at any way you look at it, but so was 1967, 60, I mean, all of those years are distorted. It was just an agreement we, I struck. I got offered the opportunity, I took it, and held up my end of the agreement. The twist to the story? Our friend's incredible luck didn't last forever, and he did ship off to Vietnam. Yeah, karma. It can turn on you like a you-know-what. But as luck would have it, he was in Nam for a shorter tour than most guys. He didn't see any heavy action and came home in one piece, with no PTSD, as far as we can tell. Don't Act Your Age, a show not just for boomers and beyond, is produced by me, Steve Johnston, and my good friend Rich Holton. Thanks for listening, and tell us your Vietnam-era story. Email us at podcast at gmail. We're also on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe and download our episodes on iTunes, or listen at our website, don'tactyouragemoneword.org. Today's takeaway is from the wisdom of, would you believe, Joan Collins, who said, Age is just a number. It's totally irrelevant. Unless you happen to be a bottle of wine.